Welcome back, everyone. I'm Tony Brown, and you're listening to Firearms Cafe, the show where we discuss the philosophies of responsible firearms ownership, as well as the relevant issues and challenges that we face in the current gun culture. This show is part of the Gun Rights Radio Network, podcasting freedom, one show thingy at a time or something like that. I don't know. Before we jump into the show, let's get the contact information out of the way. You can contact me several different ways. I have the voicemail, which is area code 206-745-2731. You can also record an MP3 or WAV file and email that to me. If you're not comfortable with recording an audio message, please feel free to contact me via email, and I'll read your comments out on the next show. The address for both email and audio content is firearmscafe at gmail.com. That's all one word, firearmscafe at gmail.com. I also have a Facebook listener page, a Twitter account, and a YouTube channel. There are buttons for these at the website, which is firearmscafe.com, so please go there and click on these buttons and like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, and subscribe to me on YouTube. They are all free. If you would like to support the show financially, at the website there is an Amazon search box. If you use it, Amazon will give me a finder's fee on any products that you buy at no additional cost to you. I also have a donate button through PayPal. I'm looking forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you for spending your time with me and listening to the show. All right, guys, let's talk about something that I saw on, I think it was Twitter. It may have been on Facebook. But anyway, it was a link to an article, and they were talking about that there was another gun industry-related business, or firearms industry-related business, that was going to be leaving a anti-gun state, uh, for lack of a better term, for a, and going to go to a a pro-gun state. And there's sort of two schools of thought on whether, you know, that's a good thing or a bad thing. You know, what kind of message does it send? Does it send the right kind of message or does it send the wrong kind of message? And so people that would be maybe critical of businesses and also of I've heard also of of uh, criticism um, aimed at individuals who are saying, "Well, I didn't want to live in this anti-gun area because there's so many regulations, so I I moved." And there are people that criticize that. And so the the criticism for both, again, the individual and for a, a, a large business or even a small business that's going to move and going to relocate to a different state, is that look if all the pro-gun people pull out of this state and pull out of this area, there is going to be no chance. And it's going to be become sort of a bastion of anti-gun stuff because over time, you're, the people who would, who would want to fight some of these new laws, there's not going to be anybody there because they're going to have moved all to, to different states. I don't know really how valid that is. Um, no, but well, let's talk. So the the opposite side of that coin, or the other side of that coin, is that look, when a business or when individuals leave a certain state and they go to another one, you're actually taking money away from that state in the form of tax revenue. You're also and for the, for the state, 
You're also taking money away from other businesses because the people that work for that corporation, uh, they all have to eat. They all have to buy it. They have to live somewhere. They have to uh, send their kids to school. They've got to buy clothes. They've got to buy gasoline. They've got to buy cars. They go to the movies, you know, they, uh, you know, all that stuff. And they pay property taxes, you know, blah, 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 blah. And that when you take those people that work for that business or when, uh, when individuals and they move their family, again, that represents a large uh, loss of revenue to that state, especially if it's a bigger business. Um, you know, when we saw in the case of Magpul, it was something like 20 to $30 million just from Magpul, just from that corporation. Now, that doesn't take into account all the other, the, the money that the people that worked there spent and the people that provided services to those people. You know, how, so there, there was a, it's, it's more of an effect than just the $20 million that they would lose from Magpul. And that's not, you're not really going to hear that too much. But there are, there are ripple effects. So, Again, getting back to that argument is the argument of for having Magpul, for having SIG, for having you know whoever and, and individuals move into a more of a pro-gun state is you're voting with your dollars. And, and a lot of people will say that that is sort of the most effective vote that you can have because it... It... It sends a very, very clear message. And we talked about it on the show a long time ago, uh, probably back in 2008, 2009, when, when we were having the, sort of the first big ammo shortage and all that stuff after Obama got elected. We talked about that one thing that really sent a big message to the legislators and to the people that were anti-gun and also to the people that were pro-gun, that are in, in, the, political, in the political realm, was that people were really voting with their dollars. Every politician, believe you me, took notice of the economy is not super great and people are buying as much ammunition and as many firearms as they can get their hands on. So much so that it took like basically two years to sort of get over that to where things kind of came off of that peak and started to level out again. And then we had some other things, the re-election, other some shootings and things like that that happened. And boom, that peak goes right back up. Um, also, people are not only voting with their dollars, they are starting to, and it's slow, they're starting to vote... Um, just in in general. So again, another another uh, argument on that for moving. If you're a pro gun person, for moving to a state that you consider to be more pro gun, is that your vote goes to help strengthen and put into place and keep in place people that are uh, that are going to be pro gun, so that you you actually have a little bit more of an effect your vote would maybe count for more because you're going into a stronger base and you're adding to it than you would being a very small minority in New Jersey or California or something like that who's always, you know, you're kind of the mouse that roars. Um, now also, and this is a little bit of an aside, but when we look at 
you know, people that would consider themselves, you know, kind of no compromise pro-gun and also looking at people that would consider themselves no compromise anti-gun. That is probably about eh, maybe 10, 15% on each side. And then the rest of the population, so the rest of that 80 to uh, 70% of the population falls somewhere in in between and there's probably even a bigger part of that that they don't even think about that they don't think about guns really at all unless there's something on the news and they see it and and even then they kind of just it just it doesn't matter to them it doesn't uh they're not as deeply involved as people that are both again pro and anti uh, i think and i am a little bit more biased in this but i think that in general that the uh, the pro gun people are make their arguments and are a little bit more well versed uh, in the reality of of what is is going on uh, than the anti gun people are. They generally will tend to argue more emotional, and that's not to say that emotion doesn't enter into it on the pro gun side either, because it does. Uh, but I think that. Because in the pro-gun side, we have been so used to fighting an emotional argument that all of the majority, I should say, not all, but the majority of our arguments and things need to be based and have been based in actual just fact. Um, We tend not to argue emotion as much. Now, we still do. Uh, Everybody plays the emotion card. Um, That's just sort of how we're wired, so... Uh, but anyway, I'd like to know what you guys think. Now, for, for on the uh, whole, do you think it's a good idea? Do you think it's a bad idea for a corporation or for individuals to, to leave a state and go to a place where they can exercise their freedoms more? Uh, do you think it's, it's better that they stay in a place where that there are, there are um, even though that they're in a minority group, there are clear battle things that can battle lines that are drawn, and that they can maybe make some advances. That if they win a little victory there, it goes a long way. Uh, so I'd like to hear from you guys. For me, I think that it's better to if you're a corporation. It's better if you're an individual if you can to move to a state where you can have the most liberty and you can have um, the most freedoms afforded to you. Um, And like I said, I've kind of spelled out, you know, from my perspective, sort of what both sides are. But if you have a, I'd like to hear from you guys either way, uh, what you think um, is the right thing to do or, or, you know, what do you think? Maybe not, maybe not even saying the right thing to do, but maybe like, what do you think is maybe the best idea or the best approach? For long term, uh, for long term gains, um, and and for again m- making it to where individuals have the most freedom and the most liberty. Okay, so looking forward to hearing from you guys. Um, another thing that I was kind of curious about is um, a lot a lot of the, a lot of you guys that listen you know, carry and carry on a pretty regular basis. I know that not everybody carries 100% of the time. You know, we all like to say, well, I carry, you know, all the time, blah, 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 blah. 
you know, even I don't carry all the time. I try to. I try to, to do my best. And if I'm going into a place where it would be maybe kind of taboo if I if I uh, printed, you know, so if, if the gun was seen, uh, sometimes I will try and go with maybe like an off-body solution uh, to where, uh, you know, if you've got like your man purse or something like that, you can use something like one of the Maxpedition bags or you can use something that... Um, you kind of can keep on you, but it doesn't look like a holster at all. It doesn't, you know, and, uh, you know, people wouldn't think about it. So like, even if you were using, again, like I said, something like a Maxpedition bag or satchel or even a backpack. And if you were going to keep that with you all the time. So if you were going to go into uh, maybe a family gathering or something and people are going to be, you know, hugging on you and patting your back and stuff and grabbing you and, you know, maybe you don't want them to know that you've got a firearm on you. So you, you, uh, yeah, you keep a gun in your wife's purse or you keep a gun again in like a backpack or something that you're going to bring. And it's secured, you know, that type of stuff. Uh, so, But anyway, I kind of wondered what uh, what people carry on the regular. So for the most part, what do you carry? What's like your main carry gun? Um, is it like one of the smaller guns? Do you carry something like a Ruger LCP or an LCR? Do you carry, or do you carry something... Uh, like what I, I generally carry probably nine times out of 10, I will carry a Glock 17. Um, I, a lot of times, uh, I, now I prefer to have it on body. I prefer to have it, uh, uh, in the inside the waistband holster. And generally because of my situation, um, I can usually dress to cover that. And I don't, I'm not going into places where, you know, kind of, I'm not welcome, that type of thing. And, you know, that sort of brings up another point of, on the last show, I didn't really get any feedback uh, or, or responses from it. Uh, but we had gotten some feedback uh, from Michael, uh, kind of giving a little bit of counterpoint to some of the stuff that I talked about a little bit with uh, Starbucks. And then all, he had also sent in a thing saying, well, one of the places where he went to do some uh, some shopping, I think it was Whole Foods, but I could be mistaken. Uh, had put up a sign basically saying no guns and so you know he he is not going to go to a place where that that uh they don't want his business so and i'd asked well has anybody gone and talked and done some things you know where they try and get the uh, signs taken down or maybe try and get them even modified to say where you know they're going to say no guns uh but uh valid ccw you know holders exempt um so uh, let me know if you guys have, have done anything or seen anything or heard, even just heard stories. Uh, and, and well, I guess not necessarily heard stories, but maybe you had a buddy that was able to do something if you weren't able to, uh, you know, try and keep it more kind of like firsthand stuff because there's tons of stories floating around out there. Uh, but anyway, like I said, I'd be, I'm curious to know what kind of people carry regularly. And maybe you would like to carry a full size or a mid size, but it's just not practical for you. And so, what you need to carry is, uh, again, like that little Ruger uh, LCP or something like that. Uh, now, that kind of brings up another thing because that is chambered in 380, which was I was surprised at the amount of. Uh, kind of criticism or the amount of hating that was going on on the Glock, I think it's the 42, which is the 380. 
to me, it looks like a really neat little gun. And it's just, uh, you know, and I know people wanted it in a 9mm and, you know, they're, they like to hate on the 380 and this, that, and the other thing. And, uh, but, you know, that little Glock 380, if it turns out to be as reliable as, as the other Glocks that I own, uh, I'm thinking about maybe getting one. And that may be, um, that may turn into uh, a gun that maybe my wife could shoot kind of on the regular. Uh, or, or it's something where if you, uh, maybe you've got some, uh, your hands aren't as strong. Maybe you're getting older and you're getting some arthritis uh, and you can still, you can still work them, but boy, that slide's getting harder and harder. And so maybe that 380 might be something that is going to be a little bit better for you. So, uh, I, I guess I, uh, I I can understand, you know, some people's disappointment with it and everything, but, you know, that it's not a 9mm. And I'm sure the Glock will probably come out with that in a 9mm eventually. Maybe not this year, but maybe next year or the year after, maybe a couple of years from now, uh, when everybody's uh, who has wanted to has bought that and they thought, and they kind of think, well, I'd like to have a 9mm, but I'll just buy this 380 for now because it's a nice size and I, I get all the reliability and all that other stuff. Now, again, if it's as reliable, um, you know, if it can feed and eject and it can run the ammo and stuff like that. Uh, like most uh, typically like most glocks will be able to do uh, now that's one thing that i know i guess you could say i'm kind of a fanboy of them but they just f for me all the experience i've ever have had with them excuse me they just work and they'll pretty much uh just eat and spit out any ammo that you put in them now the one thing with the glocks is if you limp wrist them or if you've got ammunition that is that um is what what I would call is on like really low powered. So if you got some reloads and maybe the guy that was that had done the reloads, whether that was a friend of yours or whether it was you, um, they were kind of under uh, undercharged. So they they weren't they were on the very very low end, uh, and there's not enough power in there to push the slide back. Uh, and that's you know in fact I had something like that happen with me and I had a video up and I I had to take it down. I had put music on there that I thought was royalty free, and it turned out it wasn't. So they um, they basically disabled the sound on it. And I just I need to get I need to find the file again and, and reload it up to uh, to YouTube. But anyway, in the video, what had happened was is I had taken a bunch of reloads that I had done, and I was trying to make um, I was trying to put the smallest amount of powder in there and still have the gun function reliability uh, reliably. So I wanted to see, you know, what what would be the most economical load. And what was happening is that there wasn't enough, um, the charge wasn't strong enough to properly cycle the gun. So I was just having failure to eject and failures. I wasn't really having failures to feed. Um, it was primarily that the slide just wasn't coming back enough. And so it would get stuck or it would only, you know... Uh, some of the uh, most of my problems were just on the failure to eject, which again, if it can't eject the round, it's not going to be able to strip in an, uh, a new one out of the magazine and pop it into the chamber. So, uh, but anyway, uh, I'm kind of I know I'm kind of rambling here, uh, but I like that Glock. We'll get back to the Glock, um, the Glock uh, 42. I think it's a neat little gun. I have yet to be able to hold one or to shoot one. I'd like to, but like I said, that may be one that 
that I purchase. I have a Glock 26. I hardly ever carry that thing. I hardly ever shoot it. And I think, um, I don't know. I, I might sell that one and get like a 42 and try that out for a while. And then if I find that I don't like it, well, I'll just sell the 42 and, and, uh, you know, buy another 26 or something like that. Or I think I might go with maybe more of a 19 if I would do something like that. And I talked about before that I can shoot the Glocks, I can make them run, and I can shoot them pretty okay. Uh, I'm not a fan of, of the ergonomics of them, um, but I can adapt to them. And like I was saying, I, I, I do want to go to uh, Robar out here and see if they can't do a grip reduction for me. I'd like to try one on my own, but ooh, I'm a little scared. I'm scared of doing that. Um, you know, and I'm sure it's one of those things to where uh, if you did it a couple of times, you would say, oh, it's really not that hard. And here's, you know, here's what you can do and, and this, that, and the other thing. But, uh, you know, Glocks aren't the most expensive handgun in the world, but they're not, they're not free. They're not giving them away. Uh, so I would hate to, uh, take a gun that I really like and destroy it because I'm trying to get maybe a little bit of a modification on the grip. Uh, as far as things like stippling and things like that go, I, does anybody know what would be a good substitute material to practice on? Um, maybe like an old, you know how they have like the old, uh, like the the plastic cutting boards and things like that. And I, I thought, well, maybe something like that might give you kind of a sort of the same type of uh, a texture for, for practicing on, but... Anybody maybe who's done it on their own or knows of somebody that did it or, or uh, if, you, if you could think of what would be a good maybe practice material that would give you sort of uh, kind of some of the same um, what's the uh, characteristics of once you started heating and using a, using a uh, something like a soldering iron or a different type of tool, what would be something that would give you very similar effects so that once you started doing something on the gun, it's going to be similar enough to, to where you say, oh, okay, I just need to you know, be a little lighter on the touch or a little bit more aggressive or do this or do that. Um, I'd like to know what kind of material somebody would recommend for, for, uh, for practicing on that. Uh, let's see, what else was I thinking about? Um, oh, you know what? Uh, of course, the Super Bowl is kind of come and gone. And one of the big kind of controversies at least for us here in the gun community, was the Daniel Defense ad. And the actual ad, you don't you don't see the guy with a firearm at all. Basically, he's talking about, oh, you know, I've, I've done this, I've done that, and now I'm back, and I'm going to choose how. There's nobody that should be able to tell me what's best for choosing how to defend myself and my family and this, that, and the other thing. And they in the ad they basically did everything to show you that this is a good guy and you know he's a he's a married guy he's a family man he served in the military so the the thing is well at least he's had you know some training he's not just some you know guy on his first day it's not his first rodeo type thing and at the end of their ad they they uh, showed an AR-15 and it just said Daniel Defense and then for the Super Bowl people uh, opposed that. And then what Daniel Defense says, okay, well, we'll take out the gun. We'll take out the, the image of the firearm, of the rifle, and we'll ju it'll just say Daniel Defense. And they said no. So I was watching the Super Bowl, and they kept showing, like, you would see these little quick blurbs. 
um, of kind of these little oddball ads. And at first, a couple of times, I thought, oh, did they, you know, did they uh, have one in the wrong rotation and it got cut off real quick or something? Well, it turned out it was an ad for uh, uh, the network was, I think, Fox that it was on. And the ad was for 24, which I know a lot of people like that show. I've never, I don't have anything good or bad to say about it. I've never watched. Well, I'll take that back. I watched one part of one episode and I couldn't really get into it way back when. And so I just never, I never got into the show. But anyway, in kind of one of the final, there was two, two ads sort of leaning up to their final ads that they, that they showed. And one of them, it shows a guy, and he's got, you, you basically just see his hand, and he's holding a pistol, and then he comes across, and he racks. He racks the slide back, and you see, and it's all in slow motion, you see kind of that round going, getting stripped off the magazine and going into the chamber. And that was one of them. And then it cuts away to something else. That's way to a different commercial. And the final commercial that I saw was, you see, there's a, uh, it's a car door, and it's got a British flag painted on it, the Union Jack. And then you're seeing bullet holes, boom, boom, being shot into it. And then it pans out, and then you see like, there's all this destruction and fire and all this other stuff. And then you see Kiefer Sutherland, I think that's the actor, um, is he's he's helping some lady, and I don't know, she may be a main character on the show for all I know. But anyway, he's helping her, and he's like, you know, got this angry look on his face, and then he brings up his gun, and, it, and the gun kind of comes up out of out of frame, but you see him with a gun, and it's obvious he's like, bang, 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 and he's yelling, Arr! and he's shooting. And um, I thought, well, wait a minute, why? You're telling me that that is okay to show that, but it's not okay to show a guy who is a law-abiding family man who wants to do the right thing. It's not okay to, to, to say that that guy has the ability to defend himself. But on the other hand, you because it's a show that you're going to make money off of. And I, again, I don't know if, if, it was, if it was Fox or if it was um, like the Super Bowl committee. I don't know how they, who, who determines what. Um, but obviously the Super Bowl had no problem and maybe they didn't have a say, maybe, maybe because it's the network, maybe because it's Fox that the NFL, um, couldn't really say, no, we're not going to do that. Or, or maybe Fox had more power. I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know, you know, how those negotiations or stuff would go, but I thought it was really hypocritical to show something like that. Uh, and yet kind of go against uh, go against Daniel defense especially in previous Super Bowls where they had you know Bloomberg and, and uh, I forget the other mayor on there that were basically doing an anti-gun anti-gun ad uh, and then also when they had like Bob Costas you know was doing his anti-gun rant and all that other stuff so clearly there's a uh, there's a double standard there um you know, and it's it's kind of like one of those things of well, you know, what are you going to do if you like watching football? Is it you know, is it the players that really do that, or are you going to make any difference by not watching football? Some people would say yes, some people would say no. Um, but I'd like to get your guys' feedback on that and see you know kind of what you think, uh, or did or were there other maybe kind of gun 
centric commercials. Maybe it wasn't necessarily that it was for a firearms company, but it was maybe for a show where it was a cop show and they're showing, you know, people with guns. I didn't remember any others and I may have missed them. Um, but if you guys remember some other ones or even, uh, um, you know, things where they're, where they're showing, uh, like anti-gun stuff, like how they did in the past. If you saw anything that, you know, you would consider maybe anti-gun. Let's see. I think there's a couple other, um, a couple other things here. One of the things I saw, I was watching, um, I think it's called, uh, what the heck is it? No, it's escaping me. I can't think of it right this second. Anyway, it's one of Michael Bain's shows. And I think it was, uh, I think it was Shooting Gallery. And anyway, one of the commercials was, it's for, I think it's for Crimson Trace, is there's this, you see this car, and you don't really see who's driving, but you just see a car driving down the road. There's another car that's right behind it, like really riding up, tailgating him, and it's honking the horn, honking the horn. The car in front kind of pulls over to the side a little bit, and the other car goes across. Cut to, uh, it's, um, it's getting, it's starting to turn a little dark. You see a lady is carrying a bag of groceries, and you see her car is parked out. She's walking up to her to her front door, and all of a sudden you see that same car that was honking at her before pulls up, and a guy jumps out, and he's got like a, I don't know, like a pipe or a crowbar or something. And as he approaches her, he's coming around his his uh, his truck or whatever, and as he's approaching her, she drops her groceries, draws out her gun, and she tags him with the laser. And then he like, you know, he's, he's still, if I remember right in the commercial, he holds on to the crowbar to the bat or whatever he's got, but he's got his hands up and he backs back away. And so my question would be, and the, the, the question that kind of popped into my head was a couple of things. Number one, if it was you, and as the guy is retreating, would you still shoot? And most of us would say no. You know, the, the guy, the, the threat is actually going away. Um, however, should you have ordered that person to the ground? Should you say, "Get on the ground," you know, drop your, drop the pipe, drop you know the base crowbar, whatever you got, tire iron, and get on the ground, and then you call the police? Because either way, whether you let the guy go, he gets in his truck and he drives away or you order them to the ground, either way, you're going to call the police and have them come out. And the thing that also popped into my head was, let's say that uh, we'll, we'll go away from the commercial. We'll say that that's the situation, that you're just driving, and maybe you're driving a little slow or something, uh, but you know, you're know you not driving 25 in a 45. Maybe you're, you thought the speed limit was 40, and somebody's behind you, and they're wah, 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 cocking the horn, and they go around you. And for whatever reason, that person... Uh, you know, follows you to your house or something like that uh, and and hops out. And sort of in that same situation, he hops out, comes at you, you bring your firearm out because the guy has, you know, a pipe, he has a, uh, you know, a knife, uh, a baseball bat, whatever. But anyway, if that guy gets to you and he, and he attacks you with that, things are going to go very, very bad for you. So you're in a what would be considered, a reasonable person would consider that you, at the very minimum, would be in danger of great bodily harm. And you're probably, especially, you know, any any type of these uh, blunt trauma things, 
If they hit you in the head with a pipe or a tire iron or a baseball bat, it could be lights out for you forever. So you are in a potential lethal force situation. At that point, when the guy comes out, let's say you present, he sees the firearm, he says, whoa, 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 and he starts backing away to his truck. Now, the thing that popped into my head was, what if he's got a firearm in the truck? What if he has like a pistol that he keeps in his glove compartment and he's going to go grab that pistol and come out and just start blasting? He's going to start firing at you. So again, what do you think... And I I know there's a lot of what ifs because probably what would happen is a guy would just get in his vehicle and drive away because you're going to keep that gun off of him. And if he gets out of that vehicle again or if you see him pop up and it looks like he's got a gun, hopefully while he was retreating, you've been retreating to try and get behind whatever cover that you can. Um, But if if, if that person gets in and drives away, like I said, you're going to call the cops. But is it, do you think it would be a better deal overall like safety wise i don't want to say tactically but you know would it make would it make more sense to order that person to the ground now if they if you order that person to the ground and they don't and they get in their car and drive off obviously i you know in my opinion you wouldn't want to shoot that shoot at them or shoot that person at all because the threat is basically going away um but there's a lot of different factors to look at. So you can you could say, well, you know, if I if I don't order him to the ground and he goes away, is he going to come back later? Or if I do order him to the ground and he doesn't comply and he goes away, well, again, you know, you can't really do too much about that. But if I do order them to the ground and he complies, Would he then, you know, after having involvement with the police, would he then maybe be more inclined to come back later to get, you know, kind of revenge on you, that type of thing? Because he's shown, that person, that individual has shown that they were willing to sort of get revenge on you when they followed you to your house and jumped out of their car. So uh, I'll I'll recap it real quick and and kind of uh, make it to where it makes more sense because I know I kind of rambled on a lot. And then we'll kind of, we'll, uh, we'll just go ahead and close out the show with that. Oh, but no, we won't. We won't because I did want to talk about a couple other things. Um, so anyway, the recap of the scenario is you're driving home. Somebody is, is honking at you. They're mad at you for whatever reason. Uh, and let's say in this case, you haven't done anything wrong, but they perceive that you have. You get home and some, and what you find is this, this person has followed you. They pop out of their car or their vehicle, and they're starting to approach you, and they have a weapon. And it will. And for the purpose of this scenario, it's not a firearm. It is a uh, contact weapon. So it's like a knife, a pipe, a baseball bat, a tire iron, crowbar, whatever it is. They're approaching you. You pull out your gun. The person stops. He sees the firearm. He stops his forward momentum and then starts to take a step back. So at that point, what do you do? Do you let them get back in their car and drive off? Do you order them to the ground? Um, so I'd love to hear from you guys and kind of, you know, play out the end of the scenarios. I know I ran through a bunch of stuff that kind of went through my head, but uh, let me know if I've missed anything. Okay, so the next thing I wanted to do is I always forget about, uh, on the last few shows, I always forget about mentioning people uh, whose uh, other podcasts and things that I listen to uh, I like giving shout outs. So I wanted to, uh, I'll just name off a few. There's a bunch that I listen to. So 
Uh, if I forget anybody, I apologize. Um, but ones that I think maybe are, are good that you, you could get something out of. Um, there is, uh, I like Gun Dudes, of course. There is a Gunfighter cast. Uh, when Daniel and, and, and uh, John put stuff up, I think is always good. Uh, Downrange Radio, which is Michael Baines. You've got uh, Gun Talk with Tom Gresham. Um, you've got um, the Road Gunner podcast. You've also got um, uh, with Chaz. You've also got um, Ken does a couple of them. He does the Rimfire podcast, and he also does uh, Modern Rif- Excuse me, Modern Rifleman Radio, which I like. Um, what others are there? Um, there's some, there's some good, uh, uh, kind of political ones that I listen to. You may or may not like them. Um, there's the Ron Paul podcast. There's, uh, I like Lou Rockwell. Most of these guys, most of the political stuff that I'm going to listen to has very hardcore libertarian leanings. Um, and as you guys know, I don't hide the fact that I'm very libertarian, uh, in, in kind of my political views and in my life views. Um, what I know, oh, there's uh, Safety Solutions Academy. There's um, Politics and Guns. So there's, there's tons of good stuff that's out there. You know, it's funny. When I first started this, and I think I've mentioned this before, but when I first started doing podcasting, there was probably realistically about eight other shows and probably when I very first started listening there was maybe about six um, and 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 of those six there was maybe well probably three or four that did it on a pretty regular basis um, and a couple of those were uh, were kind of the bigger ones so like Michael Bain's show I can't remember exactly when he started but his show, and then also Gun Talk when they started doing their their podcast stuff. But those were, you know, you would consider those to be kind of bigger um, podcasts that have big corporate sponsorships. Uh, And the ones that I was talking about that I listened to and the ones that that fascinated me the most and really kind of drew me in and, and really got me kind of involved were the ones where it was just everyday people. And, uh, but like I said, there was probably realistically maybe about six or seven of those that were just, you know, everyday regular people, people just like you and I, uh, that, um, you know, were wanting to say, hey, here's what I'm seeing that's going on and here's my opinions on it. And, and I want to be part of a, you know, kind of a bigger community. And, and uh, you know, that's a lot of a lot of with podcasting, too, and putting out the show is is you do want to connect kind of with a with a community of like minded people. Um, and, and, you know, we're in the information age, obviously, and the internet has allowed, you know, a lot of people like to criticize it a lot and say it's not good for anything, but it's, it's really been able to, uh, allow a lot of people of like minds to come together. Um, you know, it's allowed people, you, you to meet people and get in contact people with, you know, uh, 10, 20 years ago, you never would have heard of them. Uh, and it, it, uh, it allows, and you know, also again, things like YouTube and stuff like that, but you know, podcasts are a little bit of a different animal in that you can download them onto your phone. You can, you know, listen to them at your computer at work. If you, you know, if you, if you work in a thing like that, 
Uh, if you've got an MP3 player, you know, like an i uh, an iTouch or an iPad or something that you can have, you know, you can kind of carry them with you. You can take them in your car. You can do all that stuff. And with the audio format, of course, you can do other things. So you can be at the gym and, and doing a workout, or you can be, like I said, at your job doing whatever, and you can listen to it uh, while you're doing other things. So um, I think uh, I, I still think, like I said, I wanted to do some stuff with YouTube. Um, and I've kind of toyed with the idea, especially with the Iron Bait podcast, because I have a much smaller listener base on that. And I think some of the stuff that I would do on there might lend themselves better to maybe more of a visual format. Uh, but what I may do is, uh, and I know I've talked about this before, but I, I don't have a uh, an actual dedicated video camera, which I need to get. Uh, but anyway, uh, this isn't about that show. So I think that is going to wrap it up. Like I said, give those shows that I mentioned a uh, 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 give them a chance, give them give them a uh, uh, a try. Also, if you want to uh, send them some feedback and you've got shout outs for some other podcasts or podcasts that you think are good, even if it's not about uh, firearms in general, uh, but if if you if you think that there's some good uh, political podcasts that are out there, uh, if you think that there's some podcasts where Maybe you don't agree with every single thing that's said, but you think, oh, I like this show because it gets me to think a different way, or it brings up some issues that where it kind of challenges me a little bit. Um, you know, one of the, one of the, it's not gun related really at all, but a podcast that I really like and listen to a lot is uh, the Joe Rogan, uh, his podcast, which is the um, Joe Rogan Experience. I also listen to uh a podcast by Penn Gillette called Penn Sunday School, uh, which I really enjoy. There's um, oh Dan Carlin's Hardcore History, and there's you know there's tons of other stuff. But uh, um, like I said, I'd love to hear from you guys. I love getting feedback from you. So uh, you, if you want to call in, you can do that. If you want to uh, send me a quick email, you can do that. Um, other than that, I think I will wrap it up and I will talk to you again next time. Take care. Here we go. One step at a time, don't be living on the line. I don't need a friend. I got more than on the mind. Sunshine in my brain, making everyone complain. Radio in my heart, don't be being so strange. Think I'm losing it. Baby, where have you been? Everybody said.
given him superhuman strength. Oh,